I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. This podcast is brought to you by StarCharge, the largest EV charging manufacturer in the world, and is also a provider of residential and commercial battery storage and microgrid solutions. And KimPower, the reliable, quick, and scalable EV charging solutions for everyone and everywhere. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Out of Spec podcast. As we know, in the space of electric vehicles, which is probably why you're here today, you're curious about it, and this is our little corner of the internet where we explore all the electric topics, there are a lot of headlines. Headlines that say, you know, sometimes it's clickbait, sometimes it's just a stat, but there's always more to the story. And of course, we appreciate all the investigation, journalism, writing, coverage that we see everywhere from great sources all over the EV space to uncover exactly what this means and help give true, accurate information to the general public. One of the headlines that we saw recently was that Rivian, which is an all-electric EV platform, you probably know about it, but if you don't, they have the R1S, which is an SUV, and the R1T, which is a truck, all-electric. They're coming out with a new platform as well, kind of revamping their stuff, but they were ranked by Consumer Reports as one of the top most loved auto manufacturers. That's amazing. Okay, great. People really love them. But also, on the flip side, they were ranked at the bottom for reliability. How do these two things match up? That's what we're diving into today. I'm your host, Francie, if I didn't already say that. Welcome to the Out of Spec podcast. Later on, I'm going to invite Skylar from Rivian Stories on to speak about this topic a bit more. So we'll dive into the details, kind of ask the questions. And it was really great to have him on. I so appreciate his perspective. And I think you're really going to enjoy our conversation later. Into the Consumer Reports report. They rate auto manufacturers on customer satisfaction. So they survey customers. The, the score, as they say, it is based on the percentage of owners who responded definitely yes to the question of whether or not they would buy the same vehicle if they had to do it all over again. This is considering price, performance, reliability, comfort, enjoyment, all those good things. 
Rivian did exceptionally well. They earned first place with 86% of owners saying that they definitely would buy from the same vehicle again. I'm sure Rivian was psyched to see that. Rivian was way ahead of also the automaker Mini that took second place. They got 77%. And the gap between Rivian and second place was as big as the gap from second place to 13th place. Rivian owners love their cars. That's clear. Talk to any of them. Consumer Reports also rates auto manufacturers on reliability, of course. So they study 20 trouble areas. They say everything from just the nuisances of squeaky brakes, a broken interior, uh, to major bummers, as they put it, such as potentially expensive out-of-warranty engines, transmission, EV batteries, and EV charging problems. We weigh this, uh, they weigh, <laughs> excuse me, I'm quoting them the severity of each type of problem to create a predicted reliability score for each vehicle and they rate it from one to 100. So they get a score. They see if they get an A, B, C, D, or F. We added three new trouble areas. They say electric motor, EV EV slash hybrid battery, and EV charging. This is interesting because EV charging, when Skyler and I will talk about this, but how how is this measured? What does the survey look like? What are the questions? They did find that according to their research, internal combustion engine vehicles have 17 potential trouble areas. EVs can have up to 12 potential trouble areas and traditional ice problems are not included such as the engine and transmission, of course. And then hybrids have 19 potential trouble areas, 17 from that you see from ice vehicles as well as electric motors and EV batteries, those other two. Plug-in electric vehicles, plug-in hybrids, PHEVs, can experience all 20, right? They have the ICE factors and the EV factors. So 17 from ICE vehicles, as well as the electric motors, EV battery, and EV charging. So some trends that they found. Hybrids, and uh, Skylar and I will look at this as well towards the end of our conversation. Hybrids did well. 26% fewer problems than internal combustion engines. EVs did not do well. 79% more problems than an ICE car. And plug-in hybrids did the worst. 146 more problems than an ICE car. This gives me pause because uh, how? I mean, reliability with EVs is known to be better. There are literally less moving parts within the car. Sure, if the battery dies, as we've covered, you know, Tolik had his Model Y battery die like two times, unfortunately, but it was a freak thing that people aren't experiencing. Like, that's a big problem, but it's not a, it's not a common issue. So, of course, one thing in particular stood out. Rivian was ranked 28th out of 30th with a reliable real rating score of 24. So that's a, that's a big old fat F. Yikes, what happened? Terrible reliability, but great customer satisfaction. Why? I think possibly they have a great dealership experience, customer to, to business experience, great customer satisfaction. They are pleasant, easy to work with. They are hands-on. When there are issues with your truck, as happens with or your R1T or R1S, they have a good loaner program. So they'll live you, give you a loaner Rivian while yours is in the shop and they're fixing it. And when it's working, which it usually is from my experience, it's a great vehicle. People really love it. I've done road trips with the Rivian. Awesome. Not the fastest charging speeds, of course, but a great, comfortable truck. And I love the way that it looks and that it rides. And I think a lot of the features are just awesome. I think the interface is really intuitive and I love the look of them. And I think that you can adventure with them, which is a whole attraction to Rivian as well. Early adopters 
maybe more forgiving about reliability issues as well, meaning that they are very satisfied with this electric vehicle, even though it might have its new to market, new to technology, new to the world problems that EVs do have that we saw a lot of in the beginning with Tesla, but that they've kind of really ironed out by now because they've been in the game for a long time. Rivian has successfully built this brand image that I'll speak to more with Skylar as well. They are fully electric. They are tech forward. You could call them cutting edge. They are capable, off-road worthy, and for people who want to be outdoorsy vehicles. They have a great Rivian community as well. People are very involved. Owners are friendly. They go to events. They meet up. They camp together. They push these trucks and they share it broadly. Ask any Rivian owner their perspective, as I'm about to with Skylar. We'll bring them on right now. All right, everyone, we are now joined by Skylar from Rivian Stories, who I haven't seen since we were in Texas together with the Cybertruck event, right? That was back in January, not that far ago. It, it, it wasn't long ago, but it is great to see you again. Yeah, last time I saw you was in my driveway when yeah. Kyle was bringing back, um, he borrowed my non-EV truck to, to help out with some of the Cybertruck testing. So that, right. that was fun. That was pretty good. Had to use your diesel truck to to pull the cyber truck along once it finally once Kyle finally ran it down to zero percent past zero percent. Really, thank you for that. That was very generous. Hey, my pleasure. Ha happy to help. <laughs> and I'm glad that you're on today to speak about this and help too, because you are a Rivian owner, and of course you're part of Rivian Stories, so you know so much about Rivian and you live with one. So to speak to how R Rivian is rated by consumer reports as a favorite as a customer favorite and i've seen that also with people who own rivians they just love it they love the company it's it's definitely has that they're building great brand loyalty but to have it also be ranked 28th out of 30 for reliability it's an interesting dynamic right when you saw that what was what were your initial kind of thoughts wow well I mean, the first thing, I wasn't surprised at all by the overall customer satisfaction because the vehicles themselves are absolutely amazing. I think Rivian has done a phenomenal job in actually building the brand and creating something that um, people and owners in a community can really kind of rally around, if that makes sense. So that part didn't surprise me, but then it's absolutely crazy that you end up on the top of one list and then almost the very bottom of another. And I can tell you from what I see um, within the community and, People absolutely love their vehicles and you do see a handful of, you know, kind of significant issues, but most issues that people bring up are very minor and actually a lot of things people may not have understood and, and it's just things that they have to learn about the vehicle. So hmm. what, I would really love to see is one of those consumer reports reliability surveys. And my first inclination is that the survey might be biased in some way. And I don't know. I mean, what, 
what do you think? What are your thoughts? That's a good that's a good thing to think about too. Like, what is the survey saying? Because of course we're moving from an ICE world into an EV world. So the nuisances and even just like the general maybe thought process of I'm driving an internal combustion engine vehicle to an electric vehicle could be completely different. So how much is that considered when you're surveying electric vehicles specifically? Because they say that they study 20 trouble areas, everything from like a nuisance, things that are squeaky, you know, squeaky brakes or like the interior and stuff all the way to major bummers, as they say, like, um, of course, engines wouldn't apply and transmissions, but the batteries and EV charging problems. But I haven't really heard of a ton of those big issues coming from Rivian. So it is surprising a little bit too. I would love to see that survey. And I wonder how much it is the the perspective of taking it from the legacy way of how we rate these vehicles to the new way. And that that would be cool to see. So I would I'd love to, you know, you're not surprised at all that people love it, and I'm not either. Can you maybe shed some light on what factors you think contribute to Rivian's really high rating as a customer favorite specifically, like maybe things that you've noticed or you've seen? Is it just, is it the fact that when problems do come up, their customer service is so great and that the, just the problems seem to be just little ones? Well, so I, I will tell you, I think it all starts with the the product itself. So these are extremely capable and extremely fun to drive trucks and SUVs. And in fact, you know, just sitting in one and seeing the build quality and just kind of the overall feel, um, both being inside one, but also then kind of taken to the next level when you drive it on road or off road, I feel like that is really the core of the the customer satisfaction with with Rivian. The uh, as an example, right? I remember Kyle after doing a lot of the Cybertruck testing, and then he got into uh, a Rivian, and he was like, "Oh wow, this yeah. is so good!" And yeah. you know, some sometimes it takes going from one car truck to another. And then it, it seemed like Kyle kind of appreciated the Rivian all over again after spending time in the Cybertruck. So I, I, I feel like that kind of speaks volumes. I think so too. Yeah. Like the Cybertruck is its own beast, sometimes literally with the Cyber Beast. And, you know, it has the whole Tesla feel, which seems to be like pretty minimal, you know, just lineup, like kind of straight to the point, nothing extra. But then Rivian has more of the, you know, cabin-like the outdoor feel that they really do build into the brand. And you have an R1S, right? I do, yes. So the the other thing that's kind of interesting from a reliability perspective, I have one of the very early R1S builds off the line, which from everything I've heard, the more recent, um, they've actually really dialed things in and the newest ones are even better. Mine is my van is 300 something and uh, I've had it for a year and a half now, 30,000 miles, zero major issues, but there there have been a number of kind of small things. So I'm curious how much those small things might play into reliability and 
when you talk about noises, uh, like as an example of something that could be construed as an issue in a survey, but it's not actually an issue. Rivians have adjustable ride height. And from a noise perspective, sometimes you do hear the air compressor, right? And you can hear the air suspension adjusting. So if people comment about things like that, uh, from a noise perspective, I mean, it's totally expected. It's part of the design of of a Rivian. Like, mm-hmm. is is that getting a knock for some reason? That, yeah, I I really want to see that survey. Yeah, um, and I'll pull up like the ranking for the reliability. If you're tuning in on YouTube, you can see this. But in first place is Lexus, and then it goes Toyota Mini. Dot 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 dot. dot down to then the last three are us four, I'll say Volkswagen, Rivian, Mercedes Benz and Chrysler. And I have to, you know, kind of wonder, okay, like Tesla's kind of in the middle here at 14. All right. But is it because, do you think EVs are inherently going to be because of their nature ranked lowly for the foreseeable future, you know, moving forward, like all these top ones are mostly, I would say, uh, ice, ice manufacturers. And then Tesla comes in midway. Right. And I, I know another thing that, that could be kind of construed the wrong way is charging issues. And, you know, according to consumer reports and some things that I've read, you know, it's supposed to be charging issues that are a fault of the car, but people responding to this survey, I mean, just from that. a regular, yeah, consumer perspective, be like, oh yeah, I've had charging issues and it may be something, I mean, it may be charger related, not EV related, not on the car side. So it's 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 so tough and i feel like there's so much wiggle room so so much room for error and tesla being higher on that list i mean the supercharger network is really really good so that could explain why but when i talk to tesla owners versus rivian owners and especially people that have owned both they say the quality of the Rivian and quality control and interior kind of fit and everything else is so much better on the Rivian than what they see from Tesla. And I mean, how, yeah, I, I think that's a good point. Yeah. Like the ecosystem of Tesla could just provide a more reliable sense. Like, I mean, whether you have like the whole setup at your house or you can just charge wherever you want to, if you're building that into your sense of reliability, and of course, reliability is used all over the EV charging topic, that could totally be linked. And so maybe, so maybe do you think as CCS charging, well, we're switching over to NACS, but the public charging network gets better that the sense of EVs in general, reliability will go up. I I think so. 100%. I mean, that is one of the biggest pain points, I would say, in EV adoption is public charging and that public charging experience. It's different and not as easy as pulling up to a fuel pump 
and you know filling up so and and it's absolutely not as reliable as far as the non tesla fast charging infrastructure out there today mm -hmm. because it does seem interesting that it might be ranked lowly in terms of reliability but still customer satisfaction is great so when those problems do come up it's not enough to totally make Rivian look bad to the customers from their perspective. How do you, and do you think that they're doing it quite differently from other automakers, especially just uh, those with fully electric platforms or, you know, at least really moving towards the electric platforms? Is there something that Rivian is doing that you're like, I would love to see that adopted into other brands because obviously it's working with the brand identity and loyalty and appreciation for Rivian EVs. So yeah, absolutely. Without a doubt, I feel like the kind of more uh, direct consumer engagement model has a lot of benefits, especially mobile service. And Rivian is doing more and more mobile service to where you don't even have to take <clears throat> your car in. Excuse me. Bless you don't don't even have to take your car into a service center so i i feel like that is a great experience now i will say this and this is honest kind of criticism and feedback for rivian they're really trying to ramp up service um i i feel like they need to scale it out there there are instances of very long wait times especially trying to get appointments at a service center but that's something that they're emphasizing and trying to address. I, I consider that kind of a growing pain issue. That's exactly what I thought of, because I remember uh, Tesla owners that, you know, were in my family back in the day, still in my family. But like when my family first adopted Tesla's, it would if there was a problem, you would definitely had to wait. I don't, and whether it was because we we're in Tennessee or for whatever reason, like my brother had a dent where he couldn't use the side of his the back door, you had to climb all the way in because Tesla couldn't service it in time. But now Tesla has, you know, you can get it serviced quite quickly. So I do think that that would be an indication of a growing pain. And I, I feel like Rivian in general has been seen as really receptive to customer feedback. And maybe it's because of this, they're directly engaging with the customer as well. Like it's built in at multiple levels within the company. And do you think that that's also essential in their success moving forward? I, I do. And one of the coolest things that they are doing, and I don't think we've fully seen all of the, the benefits and the effects of this, but they are collecting information from the vehicles directly. So mm. their, their goal in the long run is to be able to, um, predict and prevent problems and get things serviced before there is an actual issue. They, they actually recently filed for a patent to use microphones inside the vehicles to analyze sounds and noises. Um, and, and I think it's something that you will have to enable. So like as an example, right. My, my car is making a noise. I don't know what it is like. Could could that analyze and or, or could Rivian analyze that and 
kind of figure out what what it might be now i know that's yeah that that's kind of big brother and i know that there's going to be people that probably comment about both sides of that but that's something that they're thinking of and that is from my perspective kind of innovation that i i love to see a new automaker adopting this makes me think of two things one car talk how you know you used to call in and be like my car's making this noise rah, 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 rah. what's happening but now instead it would just be Rivian getting that recording you wouldn't even need to call into the radio loved car talk growing up and um then also uh software so i've seen some things where people are like why is there such an emphasis on software it's just a car like you know why is it like why are we so concerned about it being a big computer that you drive around but then you think of all this data gathering and how if your software isn't, you know, top of the line, innovative, cutting edge per se, then how can you gather all this data to continue to improve upon your product? Right. No, to- totally agree. And I'll, I'll break software into a couple different categories, one of which I feel like contributes a lot to the customer satisfaction. So... I'll say category one is the operational software of of the vehicle where you have sensors and statistics from the components of the vehicle that can help Rivian identify and troubleshoot issues. The the second is kind of the, the user interface and the user experience and that is something where I feel like every Rivian owner has been absolutely blown away. Rivian has done a great job adding features and improving functionality and, and the user experience. I mean, there's a major OTA, at least, or, or on average, one a month. And like the last one that I got, I, I absolutely love because some of my nitpicks about having to use a touchscreen, I, I love physical controls. I like knobs and buttons, but Rivian alleviated uh, several of my concerns with having to make multiple clicks with their last OTA because they're actually looking at how customers interact with the vehicle and they can see where there's multiple clicks involved and things that customers do fairly often and they can fix it. And so that to me is absolutely incredible. Definitely don't have to go digging through menus forever. Like maybe right. they figure out, okay, this needs to be an, a button that button, a touchscreen button that is immediately accessible in one way or another, which I do think, yeah, with the software and the more, just the bigger and bigger tablets and the fewer and fewer buttons, that kind of human behavior even has to continue to be analyzed to make sure that we're getting the best products. And then of course, again, that's a bunch of data collection. Yep. 100%. Really interesting. So I do think that software plays into it and that Rivian is continuously improving on the product that they have. That seems to be really clear and a very devoted effort. They are very involved in that and, kind of transparent in a lot of ways that I think some automakers haven't been as well. And the focus on innovation, taking that feedback, enacting it with over-the-air updates, of course, I'm sure that can all play into the consumer 
and just the car itself, the functionality of it that you can, it's, you know, has comfort. It's a great car to be in, to road trip in, to adventure in. Pretty great. So are you, do you have any concerns for Rivian moving into the future? And also what do you think about R2? Well, so R2 and on the line, along the lines of things getting better and there's actually going to be a new architecture um, for compute and networking within the cars that is going to show up first in R1 after Q2 of, of this year. So, you know, months away. And that is also going to carry over to R2. So there's going to be more volume, um, more, more scale. It's, it's a really, really good thing for Rivian. And I'm also super excited for the R2 reveal, which is coming up in just a couple of weeks now. Are, are you going out to California for that? I'm not. I think Kyle is, though. Yes. They're only like, yeah. Are you going? I I was invited, but I I have a conflict with actually a Rivian Stories camping event that that we're doing oh, in South Carolina. So that's been planned for months and months and months, or else I I would be out there for the R two reveal as well. Oh, they should have checked with y'all. <laughs> oh come on! I'm not that important. <laughs> Well, that sounds really fun. The Rivian camping trip. Yeah, I'm excited to see what R2 unveils, you know, how how different it is. And then this new platform as well. It seems like they're revamping things, which is really cool. And um, I also just wanted to mention, because I think this is important, that one thing in the study is that they do look at how electrified powertrains compare to, you know, our typical ICE vehicles. And so we see here specifically that consumer reports found that electric vehicles have 79% more problems than gas vehicles in general. First off, I just want to pick your brain about this stat and what you think it means. And also plug-in hybrids, it says, have 146% more problems than gas vehicles, uh, whereas hybrids have 26% fewer than gas vehicles. But how that plays into this whole conversation, and then also, you know, do you think that any of Rivian's reliability issues really come from the powertrain? And do you see that improving going forward? So this is super interesting. And I'm so glad you found this and pulled this up. So what it tells me right away by looking at this, and I had not seen this before, but they're obviously attributing reliability to charging issues. So if traditional hybrids have less problems than than gas vehicles, that's weird in and of itself because it has a gas motor along with a, a, some sort of electric drivetrain type system. So managing two systems, including gas, is somehow more reliable than managing just gas. So mm -hmm. that that to me is off. But EVs and plug-in hybrids being so much less reliable is absolutely crazy. So that tells me right there that a lot of these reliability issues are being attributed to charging. And so that is a flaw 
in the way that Consumer Reports is doing these studies. No question about it. Okay, interesting. I mean, I definitely think that considering charging is a part of, uh, is it public charging? Do you think they're specifically referring to the public charging experience? They're, from what I read, they, they try to isolate charging issues to the vehicle having a charging problem as opposed Mm -hmm. to, you know, a problem with the charger, but something's being lost in translation there. If yeah, because a plug-in hybrid is not significantly different than, you know, a, a traditional hybrid other than the amount of battery Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's the difference between those two, except mm-hmm. for you plug a plug in hybrid. You you plug it in. So yeah. anyway, I, I, yeah, who who knows somebody at Consumer Reports? We need know, to see yeah. the survey and I would love to help them fix it. Yeah, that's a good. I think so, too, because it goes against other research that is, you know, EV cost and EV experience, like you're going to spend less on maintenance. So why on earth would there be this much significant reliability issues? It, it doesn't really line up. So I do think that the either data collection or interpretation of it is not quite aligned with the reality of today with electric vehicles. 100%. And we know that inherently electric motors are extremely reliable and they have way less moving parts than a con- combustion engine. Combustion engines are so much more complex. There are so many more things that can go wrong. And granted, they've they've gotten, they're really reliable. I mean, automakers have really kind of nailed making combustion engines as reliable as they can be, but there's no way that a combustion engine is going to be more reliable than electric motors. That's what I was thinking. So it's a little, it's a little interesting. I think definitely getting more information directly from consumer reports, seeing if someone will, you know, be open to either answering our questions written or coming onto the podcast or whatever. I think that would be great to understand because it doesn't, yeah, it it doesn't seem to be the best method of ranking this. And we don't want any more kind of misinterpretation of what the reality is with electric vehicles because of the technology within them, just as you described, just inherently, there's less moving parts. It's more reliable. And just to go back to kind of where we started this, if if there was significant reliability issues, the customer satisfaction would not be as high as it was so or as it is so some something's off something's off it's yeah to think you're at the top of one thing and the bottom of the other there has to be more to the story there and so i really appreciate you coming on to speak about how you interpreted that and kind of help us ask the questions as well as like, how, how is this making sense? Wait, there might be some missing pieces here or some, some techniques that need to be updated to 2024. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. So you are still loving your R1S, loving Rivian, obviously learning much more and going forward, you're excited for the platform 
R2, see what that's all going to be about. Is there anything else exciting coming up besides your camping trip that you want to share with us today? Oh, anything else crazy exciting? Um, I am looking forward to nicer weather and getting outdoors in in general and in my Rivian. So looking forward to the springtime and summer and all the fun that comes along with that. Me too. I'm starting to see buds on the trees outside and everything. So they're getting ready to bloom. And I love it. I love that it's warming up. I think our friends in Colorado still have snow on the ground, though. So we'll oh, send yeah. them our, our warm wishes. <laughs> there you go. Literally, right? Literally. Thank you so much, Skylar. <laughs> it was so great to see you again and to kind of dive into this topic. Hopefully we can revisit it with some more information because these headlines, right? highest in customer satisfaction, lowest in reliability. There's always more to the story. So investigating that a bit with you has been really interesting today. Thank you for this conversation and for your time and energy. Hey, thanks for having me, Francie. Great seeing you. Great seeing you too. Make sure everyone to check out Rivian Stories. I will put their information in the description below. Let us know what you think about the consumer reports, whether it's their techniques, their data collection, their findings, what do you think about all of this? Would love to see it in the comments and engage. Thank you for plugging in with us today for another episode of the Out of Spec podcast. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.